Amen. Welcome, saints. So, um, we're not that many yet, but uh, we're going to conclude with the book of Titus tonight. But before we get into this marvelous supply that the Lord has given us to live a normal Christian life in the church, with our family, even in society and with the government, let's enjoy a hymn together. We'll sing hymn number 13. May the Lord really minister to us through our singing of this hymn. Amen.
Hallelujah. Praise the Amen. Lord. Amen. Amen. Yes. Oh, what a grace. Oh, what a truth. Amen. Love being a light is shown. Praise be never ceasing. Thou by love and light art known. Amen. 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 Love bespeaks thy very being. What thou dost is shown by light. Love inward. Light is outward. Love accompanies the light. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, through thy love, which led to Calvary, we receive the life of God. Life opens that we may apply the blood. Amen. By the light and blood which cleanses, the anointing, anointing we shall know. In the life of love, thine essence more and more in us will flow. Amen. 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 Oh, Love Jesus. by grace is manifested, mm. and the light Amen. by truth is shown. By right. thy love, we may enjoy thee. By thy Amen. love, thou art unknown. Amen. 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 Oh, what, what grace. Oh, what truth. Oh. Love is seen and light is shown. Amen. Never ceasing. Now by love, light at noon. Amen. We are thy children, our Father, from thee. Amen. Right. All our darkness. Jesus, by thy love, we Amen. enjoy thee. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Uh, I don't know if you can see me, saints, but uh, uh, maybe just to begin to prime us is last week uh, we 
considered to possibly have the saints prepare. So those who were here last week, uh, today or tonight will have the opportunity to share what they have obtained from spending time in Titus 3. Amen. So we will first have our time to read through the chapter. And then when we come back to reconvene after reading the chapter, we'll have the opportunity to flow. You know, the church is the house of the living God. The house of the living God, not only emphasizing the structure, but the members of the household. And in God's house, there has to be a lot of speaking. Our God is a speaking God. So we would like to take this opportunity. You know, our, our time together is for us to learn, to speak, to minister to one another, to exercise, to have a proper, even a healthy teaching, ministering to one another so that we would all grow. So uh, again, we will spend some time to read the whole chapter of Titus 3. And then when we come back, we will then overflow together. So I hope we we will we will as we're reading we will begin to, um, you know, bring out our portion of Christ. Amen. So okay, um, I Maybe, think. Oh yeah, you go ahead, bro. Hector, I just want to mention before we break up in, in rooms, um, uh, since the account we we usually use, um. Uh, it's it's no longer a paid account and actually we were hoping that this one was because this is the one that the training center in Pretoria uses but it seems that this one might also not be a paid account so just be aware that we might the meeting might end abruptly after 40 minutes or 45 or something like that so with the account that is not paid on zoom you get a certain amount of time and then they they just end the meeting. So then we'll all have to rejoin. So I don't think that the meeting has ended or it's load shedding. It's just that uh, Zoom doesn't allow us to go longer. So we just, we'll just, if that happens, just be prepared, okay? You just join again using the same link. And then also if, I don't know if some of you saints have been struggling to get in here or you were still on the old link. I hope, I don't know if we could communicate. Do you know of anyone that might not be around? If you know, maybe send them a little WhatsApp. It was posted on the WhatsApp group, the Thursday Bible study group. So hopefully everybody is aware of it. But if not, if you're if you know of some others that we can let know, then uh, please do so also. I don't know if you wanted to share something else, Hector. So we can we can go to groups. Amen. 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 I think we should all be back in the main room. I don't know if all of us are back, but maybe we're still waiting for some. But like Hector mentioned, I think last week it was mentioned that uh it would be very good if we can prepare something and uh, just flow out something of what we have enjoyed from our reading or our study of the book of Titus. Um, so 
saints uh if you have something that you have enjoyed or you'd like to just flow out something i think that's very good it's good if we can really exercise to learn to flow out something so uh i believe you would be able to unmute yourself so um uh i think you can just go ahead and then um you can just take a little bit of time and uh share something each amen i can just share that um i went to the, the life study of uh, uh so i read some i will read some portions out of the, the life study of titus uh, and that the charge of of um for to the saints about um to have a good relationship with the government that is according to the healthy teaching in the new testament we must respect the government and um, Paul says to them, remind them to be subject to rulers, to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready unto every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be uncontentious, forbearing, showing all meekness toward all men. Hmm. To, and to be subject to rulers is to recognize God's authority and respect his government over men. And to be uncontentious is to be peaceable, not quarrelsome. And another uh, another piece that was also that really touched me is is that um, in in he also talks in the in the life study in this message about God's supply. Uh, he said to care for the church life, the family life, the social system, and the government, we need a specific su supply. In speaking of these four units, Paul also tells us of the divine supply. Now, for the church life, the supply is uh, that the, is the faith of God's chosen ones, the full knowledge of the truth, which is according to godliness, and the hope of eternal life. Now, eternal life is, in particular, is the supply which enables us to have the church life. In uh, the uh, the supply for the family life is a, is a healthy teaching, healthy speech, and being healthy in faith, in love, and in endurance. In the supply for for the um, social system is God's grace. It's the supply of the grace of God, which has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, and training us to live soberly, righteously and godly in the present age as we await the coming of the Lord. And then the, the, the supply of the, or the relationship of the government, he says is very wonderful. It's actually this kindness and love and mercy that appeared to us, to, to men um, of, of our God and Savior. And so this supply to have a good relationship uh, with the government is this that we received uh, for, for, from the Lord. And we must realize we were also uh, as um, pitiful condition as all the other people. So we must mm -hmm. uh, pray for them and, and that they will also be saved. So that was touched me in this, in this message. Amen. Amen. Yes, I also, Amen. Um, 
Uh, I also enjoy a part of the life study of, of Titus. And um, they Paul uh, charge us to take a proper order of the church life mm. uh, by, by uh, holding the healthy teaching of the apostles. They also speak of the rulers and the authorities, the government, uh, for us to be obedient and subject to the rulers and the authorities by recognize God's authority. And to live an orderly life, we need to take care of the church life, the family life, the, the social life, and the government life. We need to take care of it in a proper way. Um, we must not have a life, we must have a life in every way, in a divine way. God recover us according to these four things that we put first the church life. Then um, we uh, need to take it, uh, to pay attention to the family life. Without a proper family life, we cannot have a healthy church life. And we also will not be able to live a, a, a life of, in society, also not be obedient to the government, to the authorities. We need a proper church life. Um, without the proper church life, we will also not have a proper family life. It will be difficult for us to have a proper family life. We need to take care of the church and the family. And, and in caring for the social life, we need to respect others. We need to respect our neighbors. And we need to live a godly life towards others express and magnify um, Christ to others around us. And we need to take the lead in showing honor to one another. Paul charge us to submit to the authorities and speak no evil of anyone, but be forbearing towards all. If we do, if we do subject to the rulers and the authorities, we actually recognize God's authority with respect, and we will be at peace with all. In order to live such a life, according to God's order regarding, we need this uh, all matters. Um, and, it, in, and in this all matters, there's a certain need of an amount of transformation. Um, I also enjoy to see in the life study that live a life towards all men with kindness and love and the mercy of Christ. God comes to us. He reaches us in our pitiful situations with mercy. And mercy reaches farther than grace. Um, so God come with mercy. God saves us by his mercy, love and kindness. Amen. 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 So verse one of of this chapter reads, "Remind them." It starts with "remind them," and I was quite uh, I was quite impressed by the word here, "remind them," as well as in verse eight, um, 
Faithful is the word. And concerning these things, I desire you to confidently affirm. I desire you to confidently affirm. So in verse 1, Paul tells Titus to remind the saints, which means these are things that he had already spoken before to the saints. But now he is charging someone, a co-worker, to now also bring bring these things <clears throat> back to the saints' attention. All right? And so, first of all, that's my first point, is I appreciate that, you know, Titus was a brother in the church, right? And Paul felt that Titus should know these things and he should bring them to the saints all the time, right? So that was actually, you know, Titus was an actively, he was living actively in God's economy, even though he was just a brother. And this charge could, you know, it might well be given to any one of us. Um, and I suppose it really is being since, since these are letters to us now. <clears throat> but the second point is that um, in this charge, Paul tells uh, Titus to, <clears throat> he exhorts him to confidently affirm, Amen. right? Confidently affirm. So <clears throat> if you don't believe in something, if you are not uh, sure of something, it's very difficult for you to, <laughs> to be confident about it, mm. right? It's difficult for you to affirm <clears throat> these yes. things. And so Titus actually had to be living this life. All these exhortations that he was giving to the saints, they actually had to become a part of his living, right? Mm -hmm. This expectation of receiving or inheriting eternal life, right? The hope of eternal life, becoming heirs. He had to be living in this hope. Mm -hmm. If he was to, you know, confidently affirm all these things that Paul was charging him to. Yeah. So that really stood out to me that, you know, in, a, in, a, in quite a personal way, this letter is to us. And the only way we can be ones who, you know, can speak these things is if we are also endeavoring to experience them. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Um, Saints, um, um, sorry, I didn't know where to, to, to read. I wasn't there last week, but um, my take from uh, just what we have read um, is just it takes us back to the, uh, to the Thanksgiving conference uh, that it is impossible to be a Christian. And only the all-inclusive Christ in us can be a Christian. Looking at the same verses that the brothers have just mentioned, verse 1, where we are supposed to be subject to authority, to rulers, we should be obedient. And looking at show, uh, verse 2, showing all meekness toward all men, uh, it, it is very clear that we need to be under the ruling of the divine life. It is then that we can live such a life. Otherwise, it's, it's totally impossible. Amen. 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 I was 
impressed prayer reading on my way to be with the saints with the verses four and five. And what I enjoyed about verse four is just the word kindness. So it says, but when the kindness and the love to man of our Savior God appeared. Mm -hmm. And verse four, of course, uh, verse three, there's some pretty bad stuff happening there. But this situation changes because of the kindness and the love to man of our Savior God. Yes. I just enjoyed prayer reading that word kindness. You know, Lord, you 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 have this aspect of being kind to us. Yeah. I want to experience you know, the kindness and the love to man that you have. And then verse 5 speaks of not out of works and righteousness, which we did, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. And our brother just shared with us, right, that the washing is taking away all the things of the old man. So, so and, and this is happening continually. Uh, the footnote says this is going to happen to us all the time until we are fully, uh, you know, in the new creation, until even we're going to be heirs. And then, so the washing is taking away the old stuff. Then the renewing is imparting something new into us, something new uh, uh, of the divine life into us. And eventually, this process keeps on happening until we are heirs, heirs of God. Amen. 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 I enjoyed verse 7. And all the footnotes of verse 7, it says, in order that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And the footnote said, this verse speaks for the issue and goal of God's salvation and just justification, which include the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. This issue and goal are to make us heirs of God according to the hope of eternal life. The grace of the Savior God who is mentioned and not merely son, but heirs who are qualified to inherit the Father's estate, such mm -hmm. as are born of God's eternal life. This eternal life enables them not only to live and enjoy God in this age, but also to inherit in the coming age and in eternity all the riches of what God is to them. Hence, there is the hope of eternal life. God's eternal life is our enjoyment today and our hope for tomorrow. According to this hope, we become heirs of God to inherit all his riches for eternity. This is the climate, the eternal goal, of his eternal salvation with his eternal life, which has been given to us by grace in Christ. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Say, I that I was not uh, aware of the reading, oh Lord Jesus, 
because I was struggling this. I didn't finish. Uh, we didn't have uh, the light. But now as we are reading, I enjoyed the verse 9 more because uh, this is the fiction. There's the fiction dealing with the fiction. Oh, Lord Jesus. Although it says the fictions once, but it's dealing with the fictions. What a warning. Oh, what a privilege you have to be in the church life. The Lord loves us. So the Lord affirms, uh, he, he really, he affirms uh, uh, and stress strength, uh, uh, strongly the things that the, the things we found in verse 4 to 8, which are of God. It says to us that uh, that which is of God, as we know from the beginning, God gave us the tree of life, the tree of life to eat and the tree of life. And even after uh, uh, we were justified, so we were given Christ as grace and mercy. We were reached by mercy and received Christ by mercy, by, 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 by his grace. Then we have oh, all the riches of Christ in us, which are of the tree of life, which is kindness. And through the mercy of the Lord and grace, we get this eternal life. So if uh, really we watch, we become uh, really uh, watchful to the things of the tree of life, which uh, is kindness, love, mercy, grace, eternal life, which acts as a in saving us and washing us day by day. We are being washed. We are being washed from such things that we have, which uh, they said from uh, verse uh, 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 verse 9 to 11 that we need to avoid all these things are these things which are making us a, which the world embraces, which are of the tree of knowledge, exercising our reasoning, exercising our, our mind, and really bringing uh, even the law of the Judaizers, which we know that uh, the law is the power of faith. Oh, Lord Jesus. May we be those uh, real who look at these things. Oh, may the Lord give us his grace and mercy that we look at this with the eye of the Lord, that we may be able and be able to be successful in the church as the Lord is doing with all these things in us. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 I was um, also... Hello? Yes, yes, go ahead, Sister Dawn. Um, I was so freshly impressed in the Word this week. Um, in the morning revival this week, we are reading Romans 6 to 16, right? And there's the word kindness came up in one verse in Romans 11. That word kindness came up three times in one, one sentence. And then I was just so impressed with the fact that we, we don't always speak about the Lord be, having this kindness or the Lord being so kind. Um, and now with this Titus 3, 4 again, but when the kindness and the love to man of our Savior God appeared, not out of works in righteousness which we did, but according to his mercy he saved us. Um, and then 
through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. I just also, um, like Brother Wayne also shared earlier on, I just freshly appreciated the word kindness, just to see what a kind God we have, um, that in his kindness and his love towards us, towards man, um, our Savior God appeared. It really made such a deep impression to me, you know, it's it's like we know that the Lord um, gave himself as life to us. But when we look at all of his virtues and his attributes, it's really astounding that the Lord just loves us so much and that all these virtues comes out time and time again as we go through the scripture. And then I also just so enjoyed um, the portion where it spoke of um, in verse 8, 3, 8, faithful is the word. The word is just so faithful to us, you know. It's like also in the word, it keeps on confirming itself um, and affirming itself. No matter where we read, we sort of stumble on the same. Um, it's like the Lord is just deeply impressing the word on us in these days and making it so alive to us for us to enjoy and to enjoy his excellent person in the word. Praise the Lord, saints. This was something that really I really enjoyed this week. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, I I was impressed that uh, in, in days uh, to to slander no one, showing all meekness toward all men. And then three says, "For we also were foolish, disobedient, yes. but yeah. when the kindness." And the love to men of our Savior God appear. Amen. Uh, I, I think too often we, we forget that we were enemies to God. Right. Yeah. When when we look at others, we, we think that um, uh, somehow <coughs> we, we are special, but the word is telling us mm. what is special is the kindness and the love to men of our Savior God. Amen. May, may the Lord give us. Um, uh, this uh, new seeing when when we look at others that that we we really need to be aware that God wants all men to be saved. Amen. Praise Amen. the Lord. Amen. That's right. Amen. Amen. Well, saints, praise the Lord. I'm really enjoying all of your sharing. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, brother Paul, did you want to share something, brother? Yeah, I, I enjoyed the verse one uh, because it's in line with the, this week's morning revival, or this is the way I experience it. It says there, remind them to be subject to rulers and authority. Now, the opposite of subject is rebellion. And we know if we look at the Old Testament, uh, what are the consequences of rebellion? So Miriam and Aaron, they were they never entered the promised land because of their rebellion. Uh, also Korah and his com company, they were swallowed up by the earth 
because of rebellion. Uh, and 250 men were burned by fire. And 14,700 were died because of the plague, because of their rebellion. Mm. Uh, so also, uh, it, it is what I experience out of this is uh, you, we cannot have a spirit of rebellion and a spirit of submission to the Lord. It, 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 we can't have both. We have to, we have to uh, submit uh, to the Lord. So if we look at the, this week's morning revival, for instance, in day one, it says there, uh, when grace reigns, sin, death, and Satan are subdued and are under our feet, and we become kings in grace. And mm. as God reigns in us, we reign in life. So it's only when, when grace reigns in us, not rebellion. We have to be subject uh, to, to, to Christ and to, uh, to, yeah, to, to God to, to be able to reign in life. That's what it, it's written in day two. It says there, when we have this uh, sense of abundant grace, this is a sign that we are submissive to the Lord. At such time, we reign in life. So this whole week's morning revival uh, talks about reigning in life. And uh, that means we are subject, submissive to the Lord. And we cannot be submissive to the Lord on the one side and be in rebellion in an, on, a, on the other side against the authorities or anywhere in the, in the church life or in, the, in your family or at work or anywhere. So this is really uh, speaking to me uh, that we have to uh, be submissive to the Lord to be able to reign in life. Amen. 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 Hello, Saints. If I can just share something very small quickly. Um, I just enjoyed all of your portions. I couldn't attend a few weeks. Um, it's going very well with us, and I can just confirm every word that you spoke tonight, that the Lord is faithful and he's greatly to be praised. You know, there's so many people in the world when they ask us how Richard is doing, that, you know, they think we're lying, and they think that we're not, you know, telling all the truth because we don't want to see. We are in denial of what's happening. But I can tell you and I can promise you the Lord is faithful and is looking after us. And we've never been without the Lord. We can experience it in our daily life that we are covered by the, the, the prayers of the saints. And um, and that the Lord is grace. He's a person. He's a grace to us in our everyday walk by walk, moment by moment. So praise the Lord. He is faithful. Amen. 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 Well, saints, maybe uh, uh, I'm in. I'm really enjoying all your sharing. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, but maybe it's good if Hector and I share a little something, and then um, hopefully we can still leave some time uh, just at the end. Maybe there's a few of you who haven't shared yet, and uh, you can also share something. Even if you um, just enjoy something from our sharing, um, maybe it'll uh, just stir something within you to 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 flow out. I enjoyed what Hector was sharing in the beginning. The church 
is the house of the living God. Praise the Lord. He is he is not just uh, uh, the we are not just a church uh, for religious purposes to practice some meetings and we do some religious activities. This is the view of the world. But praise the Lord, we have a different view. Our view is that God is living. We serve the living God. Uh, we have turned from dead idols. We're not just practicing some outward things, but we are really, uh, we're, we've received the eternal life. We've received God's life. And now we're the church of the living God and we're the pillar, we're the base of the truth. So the truth needs to be expressed through the church, which is us saints. And then not only are we the pillar and the base, but godliness was manifested in the flesh. So I'm just, I just have the sense that as you saints are sharing from even something that you have enjoyed or have been constituted with, sometimes it's good to even just speak from something that's within us, even if it's just a little sentence or a little word. It doesn't have to be, <laughs> I don't know how the Lord, you know, some brothers, they're just, <laughs> uh, you know, Brother Lee, when he conducted the semi-annual trainings, he would speak three messages a day for 10 days. That's how I understand it. I, maybe I have it a little bit wrong. Hector can correct me or maybe some of you. Know. But he had an incredible capacity to speak something. Okay, He just was constituted with a lot. So he just kept flowing this life out. But sometimes we have a smaller measure. That's okay. We just want to learn to flow out according to this life that we've received. Saints, do not despise your portion. And I do believe this kind of endeavoring to, to really get something of God into us, uh, it, it will cause us to really become alive. It will cause, even I just feel tonight's meeting, whether we're many, whether we're few, it doesn't matter as long as we're alive. <laughs> as long as we have God in us and flowing through us. We want to be living members of the body of Christ. Even this book of Titus, its, um, its subject is the proper order or the maintaining the order in the church. And Titus has these four aspects, like some of you saints have been mentioning the church, the family life, um, even social, our social environment, this the, the society we live in, and then the government. But dear saints, what we see in this first little portion here in chapter 3 regarding this matter of the being subject to the rulers, to the authorities, um, even in this portion, we have to realize and see that it is not something, Paul is not just telling us some empty like uh, advice or some empty instructions. This comes with a lot of supply. There is a rich supply that is being deposited into us through Paul's ministry. So when he addresses the church, he speaks of the church first. Why? Because the church is what is on God's heart. This is the thing that is that should be 
prominent in our being. Even when we speak and we um, address the proper order, the first thing that needs to be in our being is the church, because the church is what God is after. Christ gave himself up for the church. And so the church is something that comes out of this faith that we have. It's according to the truth, and it's according to the eternal life. The eternal life is what is needed to live the church life. Dear brothers and sisters, if we do not have the, the eternal life, there is no way for us to live a proper church life. We can forget about maintaining a proper order in the church without the eternal life. Then we're back in some kind of organization. We're in some kind of um, uh, outward, uh, authoritative movement maybe, but not the church of the living God. If we want to be the church of the living God, if we want to be expressing God who is alive, we want others to testify to this and say, wow, what is with these people? There's something among them. There's something. Then what that is, is that is the living out of the eternal life. We need that eternal life in order to maintain a proper order in the church. And then the second thing is the family life. Now, some say, but you emphasize the church. You don't care about the family life. That is not true. If we want to have a proper church life, we need to care for the proper family life. Actually, even society, the very fabric, the, the, the substance, the foundation of society is having a proper family life. And today, in many societies, the enemy, God's enemy, is breaking down this family structure, this family base within which people are being raised up. And this is causing a lot of problems in society, in, in, in our, in our, even in just human society. But for us to practice a proper church life, we need healthy families. We need families that are in the healthy teachings. In chapter 2, Paul tells us that uh, when he speaks about the family life, he says, he talks about healthy teaching in verse 1. In verse 8, he speaks about healthy speech. Uh, in verse 2, he mentions healthy in faith, in love, in endurance. Actually, this matter of healthy speech, I'm quite touched that this is a kind of a, what are we speaking to one another in our families? Oh, Lord Jesus, we can speak about many things, things that are poison sometimes. Sometimes we bring death into our families through our speech. Our speech needs to be healthy. If we want to live a healthy family life, there needs to be a healthy speech. What is the healthy speech? It's not just talking about things that are nice instead of talking about things that are not nice. It's really our speech being centered on God's economy. That doesn't mean we only speak about the Bible and we only speak about the ministry or, or, or ministering Christ to one another. Sometimes we need to speak about other things, some practical things in our human life. But in the midst of these things, we realize we are under God's dispensing. There is a healthy speaking that we need to speak to one another, even in, in, in whatever environment we find ourselves in. So there is a supply to live a healthy family life. Not only is there a supply to live a healthy family life, but saints, there's also a supply to live as a, as a slave, 
before God. So in 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 uh, this the social system of slavery, Paul, wow, I'm so impressed. He is not a reformer. He's not fighting for this. He's not opposing this. Yes, of course, I'm I'm sure he didn't agree with it because it was inhumane. But in spite of whatever system he found himself in, the goal was the expression of God. So he is even telling the slaves, listen, <laughs> what you need in order to be a proper expression to your um to to those who are over you, you need the grace of God. Grace of God has come to all men. Praise the Lord. There is a supply for us to live. Dear saints, there is a supply for us to live in the social system within which we find ourselves today. Okay, so now we come to the government. I don't know if you have any problems with this. Oh, Lord Jesus, I need some some supply. <laughs> Maybe you also need some supply. May the Lord really minister this to us. There is Paul, he says uh, in verse 1 of chapter 3, so now we're getting to the government. Uh, Paul charging the saints to keep a good relationship with the government. Remind them to be subject to the rulers, to the authorities, to be obedient, to be ready unto every good work. To slander no one, to be uncontentious, gentle, showing all meekness toward all men. Well, before Paul's conversion, do you think this was his expression? I wonder. He was probably really all the disciples. They were expecting the Lord to restore the kingdom to Israel. When will you restore? When will you restore the kingdom? When are you going to kick out the, the Roman government? I mean, he has God. He came in the flesh. He is the son of God. Surely he can, he can put it in the proper order. Restore the kingdom now to Israel. Lord, when are you going to do this? And then the Lord died. Oh, <laughs> all their dreams crushed. But then the Lord resurrected. Lord, then after the Lord's resurrection, the disciples again ask him, Lord, are you now going to restore? So this was really within the Jewish people, the Jewish nation. They were longing to see them being delivered from this Roman oppression, this Roman government. But Paul realizes something. In Romans 13, he speaks about the government. He realized there was some transformation that happened in this dear person. Paul, surely before his conversion, I don't know if he would speak such a word. But after his conversion, he realizes this is God who's placing this authority over us. But, praise the Lord, Paul is not just telling us, listen, you need to be such a person. He realizes you need to be such a person through some supply because you know what you were like. For we also were once foolish. He includes himself here. We also. All of us, dear brothers and sisters, we were once foolish. You know, in the world today, people very easily, they just speak their opinion about the government, this, the authority, that. And there is so much lawlessness today. The, 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 the unrighteousness is just becoming more and more prevalent. 
O Lord, we were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving as slaves various lusts and pleasures, spending our lives in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. Sometimes when I drive on the road, I just feel this is within man, hating. Hateful, sorry, hateful and hating one another. I don't know what it's like in other countries. But anyway, in South Africa, people are just fighting for their little spot on the road and they will not give anyone a chance. Oh, Lord, but God, oh, praise the Lord, he reached us. Dear science, he reached us in kindness, in love, and in mercy. In verse 4, we begin to see various aspects of this supply with which God is giving us, that God is giving us and, and depositing into us so that we can be those who are subject to the rulers and the authorities. We can be those who live a healthy, normal Christian life in the midst of our environment because there is a supply. And the supply begins with God's kindness, his love to man. Uh, of our Savior, God appeared. What? Not out of works in righteousness in verse 5, which we did, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Well, what is the difference between these words? Mercy, kindness, love. Well, when we were in this kind of a situation that mankind is finding itself in, the Lord needed to bridge the gap between us and, and himself in order to supply us with grace. Grace is God himself coming to us to be enjoyed by us. But this grace can be received only by us when God has bridged this gap between us and him. So mercy is bridging this gap between us, who are these foolish, disobedient, uh, slaves of lusts, uh, pleasures, spending our lives in malice, hateful, hating one another. That bridge with which God came to us in our, in our, in the, our Savior, Jesus Christ, that bridge is mercy. Mercy reaches us in this pitiful state and it places us in a position where we are able to now receive God's kindness, God's, sorry, God's love, God's grace. This love is, 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 uh, is God reaching us. Actually, at the end of 2 Corinthians, Paul tells us about how the trying God is reaching us. He says, the love of, uh, sorry, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here's grace. Grace is coming to us. Grace is this, well, what does he say? Uh, um, in verse 4, the love to man of our Savior God appeared. So something came to us. Grace came to us, dear brothers and sisters. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. In John 1, it tells us that grace came. Grace came to us. 
we beheld him full of grace and reality. The law was given through Moses. Grace came through Jesus Christ. So this grace reached us in this person of Christ. But it says the source of this grace in 2 Corinthians 13, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God. God loves us. And that love, when that love of God became manifested, it was manifested in grace coming to us. So now we have this love coming to us, appearing to us, our Savior God appearing to us as love. But this love didn't just come to us in a way of sometimes we give something to someone, but it's a little bit like I, I'm giving this to you because maybe you make me feel uh, that I owe you something or I feel that this is my obligation or I feel that uh, maybe I just want to get you out of my way. So I give you whatever you want from me. And then I'm hoping you will just go away or something. Or, you know, I don't really. But God, the kind of atmosphere, the way in which this uh, love came to us is in kindness. This is the kind of attitude. Wow. That God had toward fallen man is in kindness. He reached us. And then let me go on. He says in verse 5, uh, according to his mercy, he saved us, not out of works of righteousness, right? Which we did, but according to his mercy, through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you saints have been sharing about this word, regeneration, which is a kind of uh, a new beginning. It's a new start. It's a... Uh, it's something fresh. It's not this re regeneration is us partaking of the divine life, a new element coming into us, and it begins to renew us the, through the washing of regeneration. There's a kind of a washing that's taking place that happened when we were regenerated. Now, this regeneration of course, when we were regenerated, we were born again. So another life came into us. So that's the start of this regeneration. But but here, this word is kind of a, a newness that's being brought to us through the element of the divine life, renewing us now. Saints, what kind of, how is it possible that we could live in obedience toward the government that is placed over us. We need a kind of a renewing. We need a kind of a, 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 a an enlivening from our old man, the old man, the old creation. What we had in Adam, oh, that life is not even suitable to being subject to the authority. It's just, it's just, it's just willing to be uh, obedient because it might be punished. But actually, the true obedience. That Paul, uh, brother Paul spoke about this kind of a rebellious nature that's within us. Maybe we're obedient or maybe we keep the law, but we're not really, there's still a rebellion within us. There's not really obedience. There's not, we would do it, but not with a willing, 
that needs a kind of that oldness, that old man needs a kind of a renewing. Okay. And this comes through the Holy Spirit was poured out, whom he poured out. So God, our Savior, poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So this Holy Spirit, you know what it brings to us? It brings to us all the riches of the divine life. We now become partakers of another life and another nature. Dear saints, this is real. Man, the greatest miracle on earth, is that a human being can receive the divine life and the divine nature. When we were born again, it's not just a, a kind of a phrase that's used. It's not just to say that, okay, we're, we're now a bit different. No, we actually were born again. God has become our father, dear brothers and sisters. He has put into us the divine life and the divine nature. So now, what do we have? We have this divine life in order that having been justified in verse 7 by his grace, we might become heirs. An heir is someone who inherits from his father. Oh, Lord, we are going to inherit from God our Father. We are going to inherit our Father's portion. God our Father, praise the Lord. We're going to inherit from God. Heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This eternal life that we have within us, eventually this life will spread into all our being. And we have a hope that even our mortal body will be swallowed up by death and become fully saturated with life. And that time will be transfigured to become manifest to be the sons of God. Amen. Faithful is the word. And concerning these things, I desire you to confidently affirm so that those who have believed in God may be careful to maintain respectable works. These things are good and profitable to men. Dear saints, praise the Lord, we have such a faithful word. We have this healthy word that brings us into a healthy living, both in the church, in our family life, in our social life, in our social system, and with the government. This life is such a supply to us. Paul is not just charging us outwardly. Dear saints, do this, do this. He is also with his charge, he is supplying. There is a supply of the divine trinity, of the divine life through the Holy Spirit who has been poured out upon us richly so that we can live such a life. Okay, saints, I will end there. Brother Hector, uh, you can continue, brother. Amen. Uh, I hope you can hear me properly. Um, but... Uh, I have to say this, this is wonderful. Um, and also, I would have to say this is probably the best Bible study because there were a lot of speaking. In particular, almost everyone spoke. So this is, this is wonderful. Um, and the more Usain spoke, the more I appreciated the first part of Titus 3. I didn't have this realization how sweet it is. Um, you know, the more the, the, the Usain's overflowed, I was like, wow, just you just consider this part, how we need to be reminded 
to be subject to authorities and to be obedient uh, and to be ready unto every good work, to not slander, to not be contentious, to, to be forbearing, showing all meekness toward all men. It seems this is an impossible uh, admonition or even charge. But every time God makes an impossible charge, it is because at the door, there is grace knocking. Every time we touch anything concerning God's economy and his desire, and we realize this is impossible, we need to realize, praise the Lord, there is a supply. How can we be obedient? Look at our condition in verse 3. We were once foolish. We were once foolish. We had no realization. We thought it was it was right to rebel against the government, to 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 rise up, to to stand up for ourselves. Paul says we this is foolish. This is disobedience, and even we were deceived, serving as slaves the various lusts and desires. You know, it's in 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 different settings, in particular with when we're with other people in society. They for them it might be easy to, you know, to be critical, to make uh, uh, Adrian mention use the word opinion concerning the 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 societal system concerning the government. It might be easy for them to make remarks. But within us, we might also have a desire, this kind of a lust, to also say something. Yeah, I also don't agree with. I also am displeased with this. Oh, this is how we were. This is how we were. This is what Paul says. So this charge that we be obedient, we be subject to authorities, actually, it is because the only way we can be this way is because of the supply. Praise the Lord. I really appreciated verse four. But when the kindness and love to man, I love that word, to, to man. Hallelujah. God has a kindness within him. He has a love within him for man. But this kindness and love did not just remain within him. Hallelujah, he breached the gap. Oh, he breached the gap. He came to where we were. God loves man. He is, he, he is kind to man. So in order to reach man, God took the initiative. You know what it says? Something appeared. I really love this. The kindness and love to man of our Savior God appeared. Praise the Lord, he breached the gap. What kind of a man were we? Where we were a proper man? You might say if we were a proper man, we could receive grace. But dear saints, we were not even a proper man according to God's creation. We were a fallen man. So we did not only need grace, we needed something further. God not only breached the gap to reach us as men, but he reached us even as fallen men. You know how do you reach fallen man? Mercy. Verse 5, not according to our works. In other words, we didn't work for, for this 
for this kindness. We did not work for this love. It's not according to our, our works. We are not right in any way. We struggle to be right with even government. Uh, uh, it says we, we should show meekness to all men, toward all men. We struggle, forget about all men. What about the ones in our neighborhood, our next door neighbors, left, right, ahead, up, up, in front and behind our, our place? We might not even be right with those four neighbors. The requirement says we need to be right with all men. We needed this kind of a supply. We needed God to not only reach us as a proper man, we were even not a proper man, a fallen man. We needed mercy. We did not work for this. What happened? But our God, what did he do? According to his mercy, he saved us. Oh, praise the Lord. He saved us. This is what who God is. His kindness, his love, his mercy. This is who he is in his being. But when God takes the action of uh, reaching us, how does he reach us? Here it says, through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. Dear saints, did you ever realize that God's dispensing himself into you is his kindness and love to you? Have you ever realized that regeneration, that impartation of the divine life into us, into our spirit, that is God's kindness. That's God's kindness. Oh, Lord, have you ever had this realization? Sometimes we hear we're, 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 we're not so open to the Lord. He might knock. We might need have a sense of, oh, Lord, I need to turn. I need to turn to open to you. That kind of a, that kind of a turning, that's mercy, reaching us even in a, a poor condition. We're not even open to the dispensing. But the mercy, it's not what we do. According to his mercy, oh, he saves us. We're in our complaints against him all kinds of societal issue, environmental issues, but God saves us and turns us to what? To receive the regeneration, the renewing of the Holy Spirit. The, the more I get into this section, dear saints, the more I'm like, this is God's kindness. When God knocks in our unrenewed mind and desires to spread there, that is his kindness and love to us, when the Lord wants us to, to turn from our, our, our indifferent state, our sometimes disappointed state, to open to the renewing, uh, discard the old things, oh, this is God's kindness and love to us. I really, really treasure this. But now what is the goal? What is the goal of this? I really appreciated um, verse uh, uh, seven. So the Lord has has saved us through the renewing, um, the regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, in order that, having been justified by His grace, grace is the totality of God's virtues. 
his love, his kindness, his mercy, when you put it all together on our side, we receive that as grace. So having been justified by his grace, we might go to heaven. Consider this. What is, what is on God's heart when he saved us, when he ministers to us? His goal is that we would become heirs. We would be those who are qualified, who are in a proper position to receive our father's estate, all that he is. We might be those who are proper to receive. Um, you know, some saints have children. The children are young. Yes, they have the life, but they need the renewing day by day. The more they eat, the more the old element is being discarded and a new element is being imparted and the kids grow and grow and grow. And at some point, they will become proper, ready to receive their family estate. This is God's goal, dear saints. This is God's, the goal of God's kindness. God desires to gain full-grown sons, those to whom he could entrust all the riches of his being. Oh, I never thought Titus would be so wonderful. This, this, is, this is Titus. And these are the things in the church we need to emphasize. We need to confidently affirm Speak these things. Bring the saints. Bring one another into these things. Oh, you know, sometimes I'm like, Lord, I hope I don't bring the saints into complaints about societal issues. But I bring the saints into the kindness of God and the love of God to men so that they would become heirs. Oh, consider a church life this way. Oh, anyway. Now, we, we need to move on. So, so this first part is so sweet. And then Paul also realizes that there is a condition which could frustrate or hinder our going on in, in the kindness of God, in the supply. If we continually receive the divine supply, we will eventually be heirs. However, Paul is very, very wise, realizing the condition. So he says, but avoid foolish questionings and genealogies and strifes and contentions about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. This, this, is, this is in verse 9. So we need to avoid... Um, Questionings. In other words, we need to keep ourselves in God's economy. This, in order for us to have the proper church life, to have the proper order in the church life, we need to keep ourselves in God's economy. Uh, we need to avoid foolish questions. I, I emphasize the word foolish. Uh, to have proper questions is actually the way to even have our group meetings. In our group meetings, there has to be a lot of asking of questions and response. 
So we need to be equipped with the truth so we may help one another. We may minister to one another. But some questions are foolish. In other words, they come from an untrained mind. Some of them are related to genealogies, in particular here in the Jewish, uh, um, in the Jewish uh, environment, genealogies were so important. Well, we need to be clear that we care for God's economy. Lord, we don't want to be distracted. We want to stay in God's kindness, in God's New Testament economy, which ministers to us which supplies us the divine life for us to grow. So Paul here doesn't even say um, uh, obey with, uh, with foolish questionings. We just avoid. We just avoid. We, we don't engage with them. Why? They are unprofitable. They are vain. They are just a distraction, even delaying us. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, a factious man, this is verse 10 now, a factious man, um, after a second, a first and second admonition, we refuse. So the contentions and questionings, they come from different teachings, the ones we saw in verse 9. They come from different teachings. And for us to have a proper church life, I was really impressed as I was preparing, you know, God's instruction to the children of Israel when they went into the good land, the way they would work the earth, the field. There's one thing that the Lord did not allow was that they would sow two seeds in the same field. The Lord did not allow that. In other words, Dear saints, for us to go on in a church life, we need to stick. We need to remain with the apostles' teaching. We need to stick with the New Testament ministry. To sow two seeds in one field actually will rob the earth of the nutrients. Nothing will grow to the full. Nothing will, we won't get to being heirs. So when we, that's why Paul was so strong about different teachings. Yes, it may be in the Bible. It may be scriptural, but that's not the, the measure. The measure is about what is the focus of the teaching? What is the focus? Look at what God is focusing on. God is focusing on ministering to us until we are full grown to be heirs. You know, another word of saying, another way of saying this is focusing on Christ being ministered to us so that we would be the church. That's another way of, of phrasing it. This is, this is what the full grown sons, the heirs are. They become the, an expression of their father. So, so here, when Paul talks about avoiding these foolish questionings, his burden is that we would remain with the New Testament ministry, which emphasizes Christ and the church as the body of Christ. So, so actually, you know, many a time when I was um, maybe a couple of years back, if you ask me, 
If it was in the Bible, I would say, amen, wonderful. But, dear saints, we need to see that actually Paul, he completed the word of God according to Colossians 1. And when he completed the word of God, we see that he showed us the mystery of Christ. The mystery of Christ is the church. So we may have a message on, on the love of God. Yes, we enjoy the love of God. No, no, I don't have any problem with it. But that message may be presented in a way that distracts us from Christ and the church. In other words, the more this kind of ministry is going on, the more we are distracted from Christ. Yes, it's in the Bible, but this is causing us to deviate from Christ and the church. So this is why Paul here says, avoid, avoid. Now, when it comes to a factious person, a factious person is someone who forms parties. That is, uh, they form uh, uh, groups or cliques or, uh, or sects. Uh, they are sectarian. And based on their opinion, they might form some, some clusters. And this is very divisive. This is very divisive. And Paul here says, we need to give him, a, excuse me, an admonition, one admonition, second admonition. If they are not willing to, to turn, these ones, we just refuse. We just refuse. Actually, Paul here, he is strong with this word. We not only avoid, we refuse. We refuse such a one. Because such a one actually is... Uh, he says he, this one is perverted, uh, just distracted from the way, but he has completely come off the rails. This one is, is not just misaimed. This one is not even, he's just completely, completely off the, the, the way. This kind of a, a, a contact with such a person is very damaging. A factious person actually is very contagious. It's very contagious. So in order to preserve and care for life, for the growth of life in the church, Paul says, avoid, uh, uh, refuse, refuse. You know, uh, we all, we in, during COVID, you know, we were washing our hands all the time. This, this is a very healthy practice. We just, because if you touch the, the germs, they spread very quickly. So we, we refuse any kind of contact with uh, uh, COVID and, and all that. In the same way, Paul here says, if there's someone factious for the sake of the health, the hygiene of the church, we refuse. We separate. We do not contact that. Oh, Lord, we want to keep ourselves in the positive matters of God's economy. We want to keep ourselves in God's kindness, in God's love, in his mercy, in the renewing and regenerating of the Holy Spirit. That's what our being is for. Lord, my being is for your economy. My being is not to answer questions, to be clear about genealogies. My being is to grow in life 
So I would be an A to receive more life, to receive all that you are, Lord. This, this is how, this is the attitude of the apostle. Oh, anyway, this, this, is, this is the church life. The church life is I have no interest in trying to reform a society, trying to understand governments and all that. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying we, we're unaware, we're oblivious. No, I'm saying our whole being is consumed and absorbed with the triune God, his kindness, his love. Every morning we wake up, we want to touch God's kindness, his love. During the day, we're turning to touch his kindness, his love. We get some renewing, we get some regeneration. At night after work, we come together, we meet, not to complain, not to, not to fulfill the lusts uh, of the old man, uh, complaining, criticizing. No, no, no. We are just concerned with the ministry and receiving of the triune God so that we would grow to be A's. Oh, Lord, we keep ourselves in the positive matters of God's economy. These are the matters of life. But the things we see in verses 9 and 11, these are things of the knowledge. And knowledge always deadens us. It deadens us. These are things of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus. We want to be healthy, enjoying the New Testament economy. Uh Okay, uh, because of time, I need to continue. Um, now, verse 12 brings us to a conclusion of Titus. But not only Titus, but all the T books, that is 1st and 2nd Timothy uh, and Titus. Remember, Paul in here was burdened that we would focus on God's economy and we would be kept from the decline of the church. That is, we need some inoculation, that is for 2 Timothy. We need to be doctors giving out the divine and mystical vaccine. And in this vaccine, there was the word of God, which was very capable, was able to make us wise unto salvation so that we would be those who are prepared for every good work. Now in, Tim in Titus, there's the order of the church life, which needs to be established. We needed the shepherds in chapter one. We needed the proper family living in chapter two. Chapter two, we needed the proper family living and living in society. And now in chapter three, we see that we need to have a proper relationship with the government. So now Paul is about to conclude. He says, when I send Artemis to you or Tychicus, be diligent to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. This book was written in Nicopolis. Zenos the lawyer and Apollos and diligently that nothing may be lacking to them. Apollos, you might have heard of in 1 Corinthians. Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, and God caused the growth. This is the Apollos. And Zena was another co-worker of Paul. But Zenos and Apollos were not working, laboring with Paul very close hand in hand. But 
look at the apostles, look at Paul's attitude toward Zenos uh, and Apollos. He says, send them diligently, send them forward diligently, that nothing may be lacking to them. You might say, whoa, what, what is this? Paul, you are laboring and they are laboring. They don't seem to be, they're not laboring, co-working directly with you. They're not like Tychicus, but they're they are also laboring. But in the apostle, there's no contention. There's no competition. Rather, there is K. Send them, that there may be nothing lacking to them. In other words, Titus, when when Zenos uh, and 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 uh, and Apollos come to you, send them to me, but take care of their needs. Take care of their needs. What a pattern, saints! What a pattern of someone who is living this wonderful life. And he says, "Let those." That's verse fourteen. Let those who are ours learn to maintain respectable works for their necessary needs. In other words, take care of Zenos and, and Apollos, that they may not be fruitful, uh, that may, they may not be unfruitful. And then verse 15, Paul says, all who are with me greet you. The apostle was a member of the body of Christ. I really appreciate his pattern. No matter where he was, he was not alone. All who are with me. Have you ever had this realization? All who are with me greet you. This is so sweet. You are Titus. Uh, Paul is not able to come see you. You need to take this kind of a responsibility. How would you feel? Maybe you might feel Paul left me here to, I don't know, I don't even know much about, um, maybe I, I don't feel my portion is is Paul's. Maybe Paul just, he just gave me this burden of the church. But look at this greeting. All who are with me greet you. Wonderful. Titus is not just a brother stuck in some city. He's in the apostle's heart. And those who are with him, all who are with me, greet you. They greet you. What a wonderful blending. I, I really treasure this. All who are with me greet you. And Paul says, greet those who love us in faith. Grace be with you all. Titus, I have many dear brothers and sisters. How many brothers greet you? As many as are with me. Now, Titus, greet those who love us in faith. What is this? Who are these saints? They are not just people who gather in for meetings and group meetings and uh, uh, Bible studies. No, no, no. These ones are those who love us. Not only love the Lord, they love us. How do they love us? They love us in faith. 
I, I just, I'm just, the more I, I read Titus, the more I'm brought into the feeling of the body. There's this sweet fellowship, sweet coordination. There's no high, there's no low, but there's this proper order. This apostle is greeting seemingly this brother in some city remote. I don't know if it was easy to get to where Titus was in Nicopolis, uh, where, where he was, but there's nonetheless this sweet relationship, not only with the Lord. We might have a sweet relationship with the Lord, but what we have here in the conclusion of these books, there is a sweet relationship among the members. This relationship is not superficial. They love one another in faith. What is this faith? Well, the faith we we're talking about here is not the things we believe in, things like the Bible, the, the work of Christ, the person of Christ, not, not those objective things. But the faith we're referring to here is the subjective faith. It's the uh, act of our believing. This faith, our believing, has brought us into a union with the Lord. When we believed, we not only uh, decided to follow a certain set of doctrine, dear saints. No. When we believed, we were joined to the Lord. This faith has joined us. And in this faith, there is this wonderful love. Now, in, with this love which we receive in our union with the Lord, we can both love the Lord and love one another. Actually, faith and love are the excellent virtues of a Christian. Um, I don't want to get too distracted, but these two, they are wonderful. Faith and love go together. They are our way to go on in the Christian life and in the church life. By faith, we receive all that the triune God is. But by our love, the love which flows out of the triune God, this enables us to enjoy. Anytime we have a, we don't have a proper feeling toward a member of the body, we don't have an appreciation of a brother or a sister, we need to consider, are we in a proper organic union with the Lord. Here, the saints, the apostles, in faith. We cannot love one another outside of this organic union with the Lord. The more we're in the organic union with the Lord, the more we have a feeling about the saints. You know, some some dear saints, we may have we haven't seen them. But when we are one with the Lord, the Lord might cause a feeling to rise up about them. Then we may begin to pray. Lord, how's that brother doing? How's that sister doing? This kind of a love is a love in faith, in the organic union with the triune God. Outside of this organic union, we may criticize one another. We may see the things that displease us 
oh, I don't like that brother, I don't like that sister. But dear saints, get into the organic union, you begin to love one another. Don't you love the tea books? I really enjoyed Titus. Okay, I better stop here, but praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, Brother Adrian, how shall we continue? Amen. Well, I I think uh, it would be good if we can still just have a few just um, overflow um, just from our enjoyment. Um, and then next week we'll continue with uh, Philemon, I believe. So, saints, if you... Uh, if you have uh, the heart pursue uh, to pursue a little bit, next week um, we'd really like to enjoy your portion from uh, the book of Philemon. But let's uh, have some overflow corporately, even just a few minutes would be wonderful. Amen. Especially if you haven't had opportunity to share yet, saints. I think it would be wonderful if you can share something. I I can just uh, uh, say what was what was good to me for me is uh, verse four where it says uh, we have to be subject to rulers and then we all know how difficult that is, and then verse five says verse four says but when the kindness and the love to man you see out of ourselves we cannot but mm -hmm. but with god we can so help us to focus our our whole life on on god because by his mercy and by his grace we can amen amen yeah amen brothers and sisters you know i i was just um, overjoyed by the statement to say uh, that we need to, to to submit to authority to those that are placed um, in authority over us. Mm -hmm. You know, um, in our country, this is a practical thing that we, we have had to go through, uh, whether you're a Christian or not, uh, or in the church life, we've had, we've gone through this, the, these problems for, for, for many, many, many years. Mm -hmm. And we have learned some lessons. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, having learned some lessons uh, that, you know, if we disobey authority, we get punished, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, and uh, and we, we learned not to do that, not to disobey, mm -hmm. because we feared punishment. But now, mm -hmm. as we came into the church life, we saw um, that uh, it is not the natural person mm -hmm. that can obey that can really obey because the natural man wants to be very rebellious and wants to <laughs> to to fight as much as they can yes, right. but uh, we 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 came to see that uh, our being transformed our being in the church life and uh, and knowing the lord experiencing these things mm -hmm. we saw that but only by the divine life can we can we yeah. can we be those that are submitting submissive to government yeah. it is a practical thing that we have actually experienced 
and this is why I really love the church life because it's really exper experiential in the sense that we actually experience this and then we come to a conclusion, mm -hmm. but not in our natural life, but <laughs> in the divine one, mm -hmm. you know? And um, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, from time to time, from time to time, you feel like rebelling again. <laughs> you just have to go to the Lord and say, Lord, what are we going to do here? You know? And um, and so it's it's really been wrought into us uh, by experience. Amen. And this is something that is so precious to us. Amen. That, you know, the, the natural way has been also to say, oh, if government does this, we are like a, a river that is flowing. <laughs> we just flow in another direction because this path is blocked. But now in the church life, in the divine life, there's no need for that. We we just submit yeah. and we just go on with our lives. We stay in the in the in the in the flow and we are we are not conscious of what's happening there. Mm. It is happening there, but it, it, it doesn't it doesn't apply to us. We are not affected by it anymore. Praise the Lord yeah, for this uh, transformation, which is as a result of the growth in life. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. In God's economy, he makes us one with him. We are one with the Lord Jesus. And I appreciate um, every one of us are struggling with issues related to um, being subject to those placed over us. And saints, we cannot be obedient. But when we take the Lord as life and we share his human life, we are filled with his humanity. Amen. And his divinity and humanity is available to us. And then we have a hymn in our hymnal which says, All of thy complete obedience is available to me. Amen. So there is nothing in my natural life or in my um, self that would really like what we see outwardly. But when we take this life within, then we can have his obedience made available to us. The Lord has become the life-giving spirit and this means he is everything to us. So we can, we share every, all of his riches and we share everything with him. So amen, saints, even though it's a suffering at times for us to, to see things um, that is, is seemingly outwardly very unrighteous, but then we in ourselves, we can choose the Lord as our life. Praise the Lord that he made us one with him. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'll, I'll quickly try again. Uh, I don't know. Can you hear me, saints? Go ahead, brother. I think I was on uh, <clears throat> the connection was a bit unstable. Anyway, I, I really appreciate verse five. Um, this is the key to enter into this message. It's not by righteous works and good works, but it's by regeneration and renewing of the mind in the Holy Spirit. So um, in Ephesians 4.22, you have to put off the old man. Ephesians 23, uh, 24, what's it? I think it's 4. Don't remember what's it now. In any case, it's 4.24. But in any case, it's one of those. Um, you have to 
put on the new man. So you put off the old man, you put on the new man. But what, how do you do this? By the renewing, verse 23, by the renewing of the spirit of the mind. So when we enjoy the Lord in the word, personally and corporately through the body, he works himself into us, the two spirits, our spirit and the Lord's spirit gets mingled. And this mingling eventually flows into our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotion. Now, I just appreciate this. This is the, 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 the renewing of our mind, the renewing of our spirit is in our mind. The spirit, our spirit and our mind is actually one being. And God works himself from his spirit into our spirit as well and into our mind. And this is the way we will um, not enter into any questionings and any striving. So I just appreciate by really renewing our mind by the word and by the vision, we can actually enter into into this chapter you know this is the way we can abide or abide in the lord this is the way we can actually submit you know to governments and even to each other so yeah i just just appreciate that that verse amen 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 i enjoyed verse seven in order that having been justified by his grace we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life so, yeah, we're not just sons of God, but we are becoming heirs, um, you know, and heirs are those ones who are qualified to inherit the Father's estate. So how wonderful it is that the Lord is busy with us. He's washing us through the regeneration and he's renewing us by the Holy Spirit so that his goal can be accomplished, and that is to make us heirs of God. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, saints. Amen. Look forward to our meeting next week. Hallelujah. Grace Amen. be with you. Bye-bye. Good night.